to the Magnificent Vibes Podcast, aka MVP. You know the rest of the slogan. Let's get right into it. In today's episode, we're going to break down the second round of the NBA, including that controversial game one between the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. In our music slash movie table discussion, we're going to break down the career of John Singleton. And also, we're going to celebrate the 25th year anniversary of Nas. Yes, Illmatic has turned 25, and we are going to talk about it on our show. Break down our favorite highlights from the album, how we got introduced to the album. We also have some awards to give out later on in the show, and we have a surprise is face for you. Which jerk chicken spot is going to be dubbed the worst jerk chicken spot in Chicago? Keep listening to find out. Sit back, relax, kick your feet up, pop in some popcorn, and enjoy the show. What up, what up? What up, what up, what up? Yeah, we loud and clear, man. We loud and clear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to MVP. It's been a long time. Once again, it's on, though. <laughs> we got a big episode. We did a little mini episode last week. Dedication to Dame Dollar. And now we back on the full episode. We got a, got a heavy show for y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I can't, can't wait to dig into it, man. Where you where you were sound like it's Chris. I'm at the crib, dog. I'm at the crib. Got the I'm at the table. You know, the magnificent vibes table. <laughs> the table that got it all started. You know what I mean? When I was when I was sitting in here on the first episode talking to myself, you know. This is the, this is the table that started it all. <laughs> oh man, we got to we got to commemorate that table, man. <laughs> Hey, hey, definitely, definitely. It's got a few screws loose. It's a little wobbly. I'm gonna have to fix it up a little bit. It's kind of rocking a little bit, but hey, you know. Hey, you know what? Good. You know what? I'm getting a little interference. Um, I don't know if it's rain or what. But... Okay. Let's see if I can make an adjustment. If we go off, if we go off, they're with us. You know. Hold on. Oh, can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, that's way better. Okay, that's way better. I have my headphones on. I, I thought the headphones was gonna do it, but I guess they ain't doing it, man. I got these uh, cheap Phillips uh, <laughs> wireless headphones, you know. You had you had some of them Nike's headphones on. <laughs> hey, yeah, man. I had one of the throwback headphones on. You know, I ain't really doing the tricks, so you know, I ain't trying to buy no beats or no bowsies or whatever they call them. You know, uh, I'm trying to keep it simple. Hey, they sound good though, and you know when I'm I'm bumping my music, they sound good. It's not good for the podcast, right? <laughs> they still got the foam over the earpiece. <laughs> hey, that boy, come off in your pocket, right? <laughs> your book bag. You be mad, right? You ain't mad where that where the foam at? <laughs> and you find it to be all dusty. <laughs> Dude, man, it's terrible. And it'd be hard, too. Then, then sometimes you got to take one for the team, man. You might be in a hurry trying to get to work. You can't find that other piece of phone, man. You just got to rock with one phone. Dude, it's the worst. <laughs> That's man, the you're worst, taking man. Me back. You're taking me back. Your ear be hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that, man. Your ear be in pain, bro. <laughs> like, man, I really needed that phone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, it was 
Hey, real I quick, real we we suffered, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had to pay dues, man. All all in the name of good music, man. Exactly. All in the name of good music. Hey, real quick, since it's raining outside, it's, it's pretty much going to be raining all week, man. I want to send a shout-out to all those friends whose favorite form of witnessing is uh, pretending to do letter writing. <laughs> you got some fair weather? Hey, man, hey, man. They'll, they'll come out, but then, like, when we when we, when we we do letter writing and phone witnessing, man, they just, they, just they, 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 they be off in the corner, man. I'm like, yo, you going... You gonna write the letter with it? Oh yeah, you know I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm doing my draft now. Don't be writing down nothing, man. And then, and then you got the friends, you got the friends who act like their phone don't work when it's time to do phone with us. Well, I, don't, I don't know what happened. It's just, uh, uh, white pages don't work for my phone. <laughs> oh man, dude. I see. I. It's, now, I haven't done phone, honestly, I haven't done like authentic telephone witnessing in a long time. I probably, I would say my whole 13 years being at Burbank, man, I think I've only done telephone witnessing at Burbank twice. Mm, oh, wow. I've probably done it like four times in the, just the past year alone. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it, it's not a fun thing to do at our congregation, I'll tell you. They'd rather do return visits in the blizzard than the yeah, you know what? I get it because I, I hate fall witnessing myself. You know, I, I hate to say that, but like it, it just feels very invasive to me. Um, so, but at the very least, I'll do letter writing. You know what I'm saying? And smell those off, put a put a track in the um in the envelope or whatever. So, but you know, hey, it's all good, man. We 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 go, we get it done one way or the other. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I've never been a big fan of fall witnessing either. I just don't. Me personally, I just don't like the fact of not knowing who I'm talking to. Uh, I'd rather know who I'm talking to so that I can get genuine facial expressions and stuff like that. It's hard to pick that up when you're on the phone. Yeah, I, because they already feel they, they already feel suspicious that you're calling them and they wondering, okay, how did they get my number? You know, and then you gotta come up with this presentation. And, you know, it, it's it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah, and I, I know how I am when people call me, man. I'm I'm like Biggie. Who the heck is this? Paging me if <laughs> go kill me. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> you saw. You saw. You saw. <laughs> That's how you be here. Paging me at five forty six in the morning, crack of dawn and got me yawning. That's how you be in, man. That's how I be when people call me, especially if it's an unidentified number. I'm like, yo, who this? Who you? Like, I, I let it, I let it go to voicemail. It's like if you don't identify yourself, you're not getting a call back. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't like that. Don't call me from no number I don't know about, and then don't leave a message. Now that's the worst, man. I, I, I never, I, I, I had my moments where collectors was after me at one point. <laughs> Dude, I got, I got, I got other people's collectors calling me. Like, oh. Oh, you got other other people calling. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, how you get my number? Like, I ain't got, I ain't got the money. <laughs> oh man, hey, where you where you recording live from? Man, dude, I'm over here on 83rd and Stewart. I'm in the Walmart parking lot, man. Oh, 83rd and Stewart. Ooh. Yeah, man, I, I'm actually looking at some witnesses doing parking lot witnessing as we speak. <laughs> Wait a minute. 
Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Parking lot Witherson is good. Yeah. I, I, you know what? My wife put me on the parking lot Witherson. I never did it until I dated my wife. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Have I ever done it? Uh, maybe once. That's 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 more of a suburban thing for for people who don't got no street work territory. That's what it is. That, at Burbank, that's all they do is parking lot. And they do parking lot witnesses big time. They get together early in the morning before the meeting for field service. They do parking lot, and then they won't meet for the, with the group after that. They just go ahead and do laundry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Wait, okay. <laughs> but you said do laundry? <laughs> yeah, they do laundry the rest of the day. Oh, okay, okay. Regional, region, regional differences, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out, shout out to those friends that do that. Um, y'all need to stop doing that. Yeah, it's an arrangement. It's an arrangement. The brothers put an arrangement together. Me for the we, me with the group. We don't put arrangements for early morning witnessing. You know, and people want to count that. Like, oh, that's my sports witnessing, and that's it. I, I'm good. You know, I don't have to meet with the group. I don't do this. You know, it's like what? Like, oh no, oh no. That's so you just want to do what you want to do. Right, that's just shady. It, you just you all types of rebellious, man. That's 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 some go. What I call them ghost pioneers, man. They they oh. turn in all that time, man. You never see them with the group. You know, like, man. What's what's up, what's up with that? What's up with you, man? You need to check in. Like, hey, if y'all listen to this show, don't. If y'all feelings hurt, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, y'all need to check in, man. It's this on the streets. That'd be a pumpkin head. You out here clocking all this time, man. You never check in with the with the with the congregation with the group. Right. Right, where's the spiritual food that you're getting before you go out in service? Like that—that's what the meaningful field service is about. So you can get, so you can get that boost that you need. You know, you ain't getting no boost. You just waking up, running up parking lot. Uh, uh, can you attract about Jesus? What? <laughs> what? Come on, man! Scaring people out their shoes while they trying to go get some groceries so they can serve it to Cuddy. You know what I mean? Right. I'm. I'm. Right. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping my, my Captain Crunch and my, my tomato. <laughs> Got plastic, you know, like plates, you know, dropping paper plates, and, you know what I'm saying? Plates. <laughs> Come on, man. Nah, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Y'all out of order, dude. But uh, real quick, I want to shout out some people that, that uh, sent me. This is a couple of my customers, actually. Um, shout out to my boy Keith Creed. Uh, he's a big fan of the show. He sent me a text message. He actually uh, texted me. Uh, Basically, him, he with his with his crew. They, they playing our the, the, one of the mixes that we put together for a dealer. And it was like, man, it's dope, man, it's real dope. So, uh, big shot, comic book head too. So, uh, he had actually just released the top one hundred comic book movies of all time. There's one hundred of those. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was. It, it was a lot of movies on that list that I, I didn't even know were comic books. For the movies I'll send you the link to it It's pretty cool Yeah send me that link That sounds interesting I didn't even know There were 100 Comic book movies Man I thought It might have been Maybe 50 Bro I was blown away man It's, it's over 100 And there were, he said There were there were some That didn't make the cut mm. So It's pretty dope It's pretty dope uh, Keith Creed Mr. Everything 5000 Check him out He's dope Also uh, My boy uh, Tree He used to actually uh, Play professional ball uh, I, I, he's, he's got a family and everything He texted me, he said he listened to the show He said he loved the content uh, Loved the music in the background He says real dope So he, he said keep doing what we're doing Man, man, shout out to him, man Absolutely, thanks for the support Yes, sir, yes, sir 
And also, shout out, I just had my CEO visit. Shout out to my CEO, man. <laughs> Real cool dude. I'm not going to reveal his name, you know, for, for copyright reasons. But <laughs> I, I, later on in the show, when we get to our music segment, that's going to blow you away. That's all I got to say. All right, all right. But uh, let's get right into it, man. We got round action going. Before we get to this Golden State Houston game, I want to kind of, Ian, you've been a huge, uh, you've been really strong against the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics came out and blew out the Bucks in game one. Are the Bucks in trouble? Not necessarily, not necessarily. Like, like this is a very small sample size. It's like, they're not going to, sh- I doubt they're going to shoot that bad, like, in three more games. Like, for the most part, I mean, the Celtics, I'll give credit to them. They did what they were supposed to do as far as containing Giannis. They didn't quite stop him, but they did contain him a bit. But the rest right. of the, the rest of the Bucks just weren't shooting well. And, um, you know, I mean, that's a pretty smart game plan if you're Boston. You know, all credit to Brad Stevens. You know, I think I think he's a, a true X's and O's guy, you know, as far as coaching and you know, he could come up with a with a pretty good, solid game plan. You know, for for you know the the, the most talented of, of competitors. Um, so so you know, I, I don't want to not give him credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they 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 used Al Horford right. You know, it's like Giannis is the best player in the league, or, or best at least at the very least he's the best player in the Eastern Conference. So it's like you know they're gonna they're gonna live and die by him. And focusing right. in on him, keeping him down to 22 points, I think was a smart move on their part. But no, nah, I don't think the Bucks goose is cooked. Every, everybody's want to be a prisoner at a moment, and oh, you know, they uh, it's over, it's over. You see that? It's like what uh, Paul Pierce said. Yeah, come on, come on. And, and he just Paul Pierce, I can see, man, he just gonna be that dude that says crazy things now. Yeah, I think it's coming down to that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree, man. I don't think the Bucks are in trouble, but I think this—I I did say this was going seven. I got—I got the Bucks in seven, but uh, I think Giannis is going to figure it out. He's got to do it. The, the thing, I, this is why I was disappointed at with the Bucks. Eric Bledsoe, bro, six points, one of five from the field. I told you, you didn't three. I told you they shouldn't have gave him all that money. Come on, man. Come on, man. I mean, like, <laughs> Terry, Ro- Terry Rozier, once again, is out playing you. So, Rozier, 11 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Now, he fouled out of the game, but he still left his imprint on the game. Bless up, bro. Like, come on. And you start. You're coming off the bench. You're starting. Yeah. You're in that void that, that Brogdon you know, with Brogdon being out, you're supposed to fill in that void. You're supposed to get get take some pressure off Giannis and take some pressure off Middleton. They can't do it all by themselves. A Lopez, three points, okay. I've never looked at him as a consistent 2020 guy, 2010 guy. I know I know Lopez is gonna be inconsistent this whole series. But look, bless oh bro. You gotta come, you gotta step it up, man. Or you're gonna get this J.R. Smith award. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's in contention. He's in contention. Hey, man, keep playing like that. They gonna end up. I tell you, Giannis can't do it by itself. They paid you because you're the guy that's gonna help take weight off Giannis when you get into these thicker playoff series. It was easy in Detroit. They didn't really have nobody. 
I mean, it's Smith. Come on, dude. Drop Smith. So what? But, bro, the Celtics are in town, dude. You got to show. You got to show out. And tonight, he got an opportunity to to do it and, and get the Bucks out of this hole. That they well, it's not a deep hole, but it's a little small hole. But they can tie this series and send it back to Boston. I think the Bucks can make this a series. I don't think the Bucks are in trouble at all. Let's get to the real. Let's get to me potatoes though. This Houston Golden State game. Did you watch it? Oh uh, no, I watched the highlights. You know, I, you know me, man. I don't be watching the Western Conference games. I, I, I got stuff to do in the morning, man. <laughs> I didn't watch it for other reasons. I actually. Uh, went to go see Avengers during these. The, the, I actually didn't see any of these games. I actually saw my first action of basketball tonight. I watched. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Portland game and I watched a little bit of the Sixers game, which you know Jimmy Butler turned the clock back on that one. But we'll get to that in a second. But did you hear about all the backlash with the with the referee and stuff? Yeah, man. So, remember one of our old, older episodes, not too old, maybe just a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about how, um, uh, uh, we were talking about the incident with Chris Paul making fun of the ref and the ref calling him out. Right. Like, like that confirms my theory. Like, referees, they're a, they're a, they're a bit of a fraternity, just, just like cops. You know what I mean? Like, like they have each other's back. They take note of who disrespects them. They take note of who is always wants to argue back and forth with them and criticize them. They take note of that stuff. And I think that definitely played a factor in the way the game was called. Now, do I think that last foul was a foul? I do not. Reason being, James Harden kicked his legs up underneath Draymond Green, you know, on yep. the way down. Um, Steve Kerr put it best when he was like, man, like, like I, it used to be a time now you never fail shooting a three-pointer. You know, you just get right. to the three-point and you immediately fall. Like, you know, he's and he's right. A lot of players are deceptive, and that's that's kind of been their bread and butter. And that's James Harden all the way. I think now that we're in the playoffs, refs are, are, are looking at that, and they're going to they're gonna call games a little different. And then you got the Chris Paul factor, you know. And he got he got teed up. Then you got the home court, uh, a home court advantage factor. It's like it's the reason it's called home court advantage. You're not going to get as many calls as you would get on your court. So it's like you know, Houston. They've always done that, though. They've always relied on the refs. Uh, you know, I know I'm gonna get this foul call, so I'm gonna go ahead and force this contact and go to the line. They've always done that, but right, you know, y'all can't do that now. No, yeah, I, I, this. I don't know what's wrong with Houston. Like they, they, they have turned into a team of floppers, man. The whole entire team, not just James Harden. Chris Paul is doing it. He's shooting these step back threes and he's falling, and you, you know, guys are contesting, but they're throwing their bodies into. They're throwing their butts literally into the defender. They're twerking on the defenders, like <laughs> and you want calls for that? Like no, man. Like James Harden. I don't know what he wants. He creates space with his with his step back. So you already create some space. And then when a guy comes in to contest, you're gonna take that space away and throw yourself into the defender and make it seem like somebody's fouling you all the time, dude. That is why Houston will not beat Golden State in this series. I honestly think it's, this series is not gonna go seven. I'm 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 I think Golden State's gonna end this in six, but I just feel like 
Houston has lost their focus. They, they're so focused on trying to allow the refs to determine the game. Instead of just going out there and, and balling and just play ball. And the Clippers, I thought, did, was an excellent example of that. Even though they didn't win the series. The Clippers just came out and balled, man. They went out there trying to get calls and, and all this other stuff. They were out there balling. And, and Houston, they come in with all this flop and, and fluff and, and all that other stuff. Like, come on, bro. Nobody trying to see that. Nobody wants to see that. I got an award for James Harden later on in the show, but it, it's just the actually got an award for the whole entire Houston team. They need to get they they focus back for game two and just take advantage. Tom, Thomas is hurt. Thompson is hurt. So and y'all still can't beat the Warriors. They're five and thirteen in playoff games against the Warriors since 2015. And, and, and Clint Capella and, and, and PJ Tucker or whatever his name is, y'all got to score. Y'all got to score more than four points, bro. PJ Tucker had a, a goose egg. <laughs> Goosey <laughs> man. Over four from the field. Over three from the from from three. So I know he got a guard KD on the other end, but that ain't no excuse if you're a starter. Yeah, like like. Before you start shifting the blame to the refs, man, look at look at those guys, man. Look at the box scores, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and they didn't get nothing from their bench. Green and Gerald Green didn't do nothing. Iman Shepard's a bum. Uh, Nene is getting old. Like they don't really have the depth to to beat the Warriors this year, like they had last year. Last year was their chance. That I felt like their opportunity closed last year when Chris Paul got hurt. That was it. That was it for Houston. They lost Trevor Ariza. They lost Mob Butte. They really don't have the depth they used to have. So they're going to really have to pull a rabbit out they had to win this series. Yeah, their margin for error is extremely small. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Uh, getting on, on, Moving on to the next. Um, I don't, you probably didn't watch this game last night, but the Philadelphia 76ers tied a series against the Raptors. I'm not really going to focus on the game itself. Jimmy Butler did turn back the hands of time. Shaq did. Shaq was like, man, that's that's Chicago Bulls, Jimmy Butler. But, yeah, it is what it is. Jimmy Butler pulled out 33 points out of his hat. They end up pulling pulling out the win against Toronto. Uh, What's his name? Green missed a wide open three that would have tied the game uh, and probably would have sent it to overtime. Danny Green but uh, Siakam went 9 for 25, all that other stuff. Kawhi still balled out 35. But I'm tired of Drake, man. That's what I want to talk about. I'm tired of Drake. This dude is an idiot, man. Have you seen highlights of this dude during these games? I mean, the most recent uh, exploits, no. But I, I've seen, like, his little compilations that they put on YouTube. But him just being... Like, Drake is a herb, man. He's a herb. Like, he's a dude that, like... Wasn't cool growing up, and now that he is cool, man, he is just gonna like exploit every perk possible, man. Yeah, dude. He is he he is so irritating, man. He's, he's sitting there, go sit your blank down, go sit your blank down, like sit your blank down. You know what I mean? Like, what is he doing? Like, like, you ain't you ain't you do you ain't Spike Lee, man. Like like oh. like. See the annoying thing with Drake is that he's such a bandwagon fan. It's like. You know, at those at those 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 um 
those uh, those Miami Heat games where they were playing teams not not called the Raptors. He was front and center at those too. So it's like, dude, like, well, who are you a fan of, man? Really? You and, know. And, and when they are, and when those teams used to play in Toronto, he would put on his Toronto hat, act like he pretend like he this hardcore Toronto fan. But then what you see him doing after the game? He's shaking up with LeBron. He he he. He in the locker room with him. He in the locker room with him. He trying to get in the VIP after they 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 didn't went to the club and beat his team. He in the VIP with him. Can you imagine Spike Lee doing that? No. Doing that, man. After somebody beat the Knicks, can you imagine Zach Nicholson doing that after somebody beat the Lakers? It's like I get it. I get it. We ain't got nothing against you being a fan. We we know you from Toronto, but but show some, you know, show some dignity, man. Show some dignity. I mean, he cheered, he cheered against Mike. Mike dunked on Ewing. What 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 Spike Lee do? He went to go make Malcolm X afterwards. He ain't, he ain't trying to go <laughs> chop it up with Mike, chop it up with the Bulls and everything. He he was a true fan of the Knicks. You don't see him nowhere else wearing other jerseys and, and cheering for other teams. He always cheered for teams that had, you know, he was a Knicks fan. I, I think he was a Temple fan. Some, you know, I can correct you. No, St. John's. He was a big, big St. John's fan. So, like, dude, was Drake, man, he's going around wearing all this. Every time a team make it to the championship, oh, this is my team right here. I'm wearing Knicks jersey. Like, man, get out of here, man. And all this Drake first stuff. He a lame man. He a lame. He he might, he might be the reason the the, the Raptors lose this series. <laughs> now 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 don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, I got the Raptors in six just because I, I I'm a firm believer in Kawhi Leonard. Um, mm-hmm. and I think them getting Mark Gasol was a very very smart sneaky move. Um, it was. But uh, <laughs> they need to lock him up somewhere, man, because I think the curse of Drake is real. <laughs> I think the curse is real too, man. It's time for him to go, man. But it ain't gonna happen. So what did he do most recently? Nothing, man. He was just talking mad trash, man. He all in, all in Ben Simmons' face. All it. I mean, just like literally on the court. Just you know, every time Kawhi Leonard did something spectacular, he's like, "Get out of here!" He cursing. I'm like, man, dude, man, sit your butt down, dude. Nobody come to see you. <laughs> Gone somewhere with that man. Gone somewhere. Yeah, he might get the essence of Otis uh, today, boy. Hey, man, shoot. There's a lot of essence awards today that, that's about to be passed out, man. There's a lot of Um Last but not least, we had we got the Blazers in six. We both picked the Blazers to beat the Nuggets in our previous episode. Blazers didn't get off to a great start. Dane Lillard still showed out, but. They got uh, beat by the Denver Nuggets. And the one thing I feared about the series was Nurkic being out. They don't really have an answer for Jokic. Jokic had 37. But I still think Portland is not in trouble. How about yourself? Do you think they're in trouble? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not betting against them just yet. It's, it's still very early. They, they might just be filling out Denver for right now. And, you know, Denver can be like Jokic is balling out. But the rest of Denver can be a little inconsistent. Dude, they're kind of loud. They're kind of out of control. You know, I don't know if it's youth and inexperience or something, but they they do have consistency issues from time to time. So I, I wonder how it's going to play out over this next second round. Can they kind of keep it together? It'd be real interesting to see. Um, 
But yeah, I'm not I'm not writing off Portland just yet. No, I ain't writing them off either. I think they'll make the adjustments in game two. And like you said, I think Denver, I was just watching Denver last night because that was like really the first game a chance to really sit down and watch. Denver, Joe is, is the only player on that team that plays under control. Everybody else plays wild and loose and turning the ball over. They, they play really sloppy, man. If Jokic wasn't, I don't think they would be that high of a seed. Like, they make a lot of bad decisions. If it wasn't for him, man, they, they'll be garbage. Man. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, Will Bart, three for eight from the field, man. Come on, man. <laughs> he got to get close to the rim so he can tear it up. <laughs> I mean, Portland ain't got no big men, man. There should be no reason why he ain't tearing rim. No big man. Enos Kainer, he ain't blocking nothing. No. Leonard, he ain't blocking nothing. Come on, dude. Three for eight, dog. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, man. Before before we actually before we move on, is it okay if we take a commercial break? Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Thursday nights at eight p.m. America's favorite TV show. There's a bat in my house. The show that asks the burning question. Can a black bat from Detroit find happiness with a white suburban family? Story America's favorite funny man, the hilarious zany B.B. Sanders as Batty Boy. That's all it's not. Can a bat hang upside down in this cave and get some sleep? He's half bat, half soul brother. Say what? But together he adds up to big laughs. There's a bat in my house. Thursday, 8 p.m. All right, we back. All right, all right. So we're doing something a little different this time. We're about to go to the table. We're going to combine two segments in one. I'm going to call this the Magnificent Vibes Movies and Music Table Discussion. We're not going to talk about Avengers, so don't get worried. We are going to pay homage to somebody that be special to the entertainment business, especially in the African-American community. And that guy is John Singleton. John Singleton, for those who don't know, uh, was life support by his family after suffering a severe stroke coming from a trip in Costa Rica. And he died shortly afterwards. Singleton gave birth to great movies, such as Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, Rosewood, Baby Boy, uh, had wonderful contributions to uh, a few TV series. One recently is Snowfall, which I haven't checked out yet. Pretty good show. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts in on John Singleton and what you thought he meant to, to the movie industry. Oh man, John John Singleton he was he was the alternative to Spike Lee. He was he was the the, the less artsy alternative to Spike Lee, but he he took a very uncompromising. He gave you a very uncompromising, unflinching, uh, raw, open look at like urban life and and, and, and people who are in uh, unfortunate and neglected circumstances and telling good stories within you know the, the frame within those settings. Um, one movie of his I, I think is really underrated, man. Higher Learning. Oh man, dude! I was just about to say that. Yeah, and it was, it was, it was. Um, man, dude, it was it, that that movie was almost prophetic because it came out. It came out at a time where it was like 
school shootings, you you they they might have happened here and there, but they were super rare. Okay. Yeah. And we I don't want to get too much. Well, I mean that movie's almost thirty years old, so hey y'all, spoilers. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but like the the rise in school shootings since that movie has come out, and the efforts to to remedy the uh, I guess you could say the the the. the the, the, the factors that, that lead to things like mass school shootings. Nothing's been done to solve those issues. Nothing's been done to solve those issues. And as we know, nothing will get done out of this system. But um, it was almost a prophetic movie because, you know, after that, you know, you had things like Columbine, Virginia Tech, um, yeah. Sandy Hook, you know what I mean? Things like that. And it's just a lot of in a lot of those i'm sure i'm forgetting others but in a lot of these cases like these shootings are fueled by hate by misunderstandings by by race racism and prejudice and um you know i I like how he kind of showed that um you know even more experienced people like even the college professors it's like they didn't have all the answers Mm -hmm. you know they didn't have all the answers all they could do was try to help the rest of the students cope you know, and deal with it. And I, I think I think that was a very, you know, uncompromising movie. Of course you got boys in the hood. What 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 what, what can you say about that that hasn't already been said? Full right. of quotables. Um we got a problem here? We got a problem? <laughs> African booty scratcher. Oh man, I forgot about yes, yes. I now 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 I was curious, did that term exist before Boys in the Hood? Cause I, I wanna say it no. did. I don't think it did. I don't remember. See, I didn't. I used to hear people say it in the nineties. I was hearing it I in the eighties. I was kind of late. You said you heard people say it in the eighties too. I did. I did. You know what? I'm. I was kind of late. Full disclosure. I was late to the party on Boys in the Hood. I didn't really watch Boys in the Hood thoroughly until I got in high school. I always heard about it, but I, I really didn't watch it thoroughly because I wasn't a really big movie guy. <clears throat> In the early 90s growing up, I was more cartoons and video games and all that stuff. So I really started playing catch up with all my classics back in the 90s and, I mean, mid-90s. And when I heard that, when I watched that beginning scene when they were all in the classroom, when they were young, and he said, African booty I was like, and they were laughing. I'm like, man, this joke is so old. It's like who came up with that stereotype, man? Like, is that what Africans do? They just sit around and scratch their butts. So it's like, it's like who came up with that? <laughs> and, and then here's a fun. I got I got another funny plug in, man. Have you ever watched Boys in the Hood? Edit. I'm sure I have, man. I'm sure I have. <laughs> the best part, the best edited. This is the best movie edit I've ever heard. Remember the scene where where um. Cuba Gunning Jr.'s character, he was going, he was going, uh, he saw the, uh, the crackhead, uh, her baby was in the street, he got grabbed her baby, went to the door, told her, yo, hey, your baby in the street, you need to start taking care of your kid, and she was like, come on, can, you, can I get some money, I'll do anything for you, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll make you feel Her whole voice changed on that one part because, of course, she had something else. Uh, but you know, we gotta keep the show PG. But right, right. What she, what she got for TV? Yes, exactly, exactly, 
man. But <laughs> oh boy, Chase, you could tell it wasn't hard. I said it. It was like I'll make you feel good. <laughs> Dude, I lost it at the crib watching it on TBS, man. Hey, hey, another another hilarious edited movie, man. Kill Bill, I believe. Kill Bill, no, Kill Bill One. Kill Bill One. Uh, Kill Bill One had to be edited. That that, that movie, I, I'm sure, it had to be very hard to edit. That dude, that was like, my name is Buck, and I like to party. But, but let's let's get back to John Singleton. Man. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's how we do on Magnificent Five. We always go out from that field. He, he was he was an excellent film director, man. He will be missed. Uh, his vision will be missed. Um, I forgot he did Rosewood. Um, yes, he did. He did Rosewood, and he did Baby Boy, which was another one. You know what I, I, I like about his films, man? It's like. He didn't spoon feed you the, the themes of the uh, the morals of the movie that he wanted you to take in. He just presented it as is. He brought right. up questions that 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 spawned dialogue and conversation, but he didn't necessarily let you know the answers to the questions. Um, and I think Baby Boy is a good example of that. And oh, it was so unapologetic. Jody was just the worst person you can. <laughs> he just kept him the way he was. Like it wasn't no success story, you know. Exactly, exactly. And like, what was funny? The character of uh, Ving Rhames' character, who played his stepfather, he had, he was more of a success story than Jody because Jody he sure was. Jody was just a punk version of him, a punk yeah. young younger version of him. Like <laughs> he was on his way to jail. Yeah, um, and and, I, and Snoop was underrated in that movie. I thought his acting was pretty good in that. Movie. <laughs> yeah, he got the, he kind of got to play himself. And, yeah. <laughs> And that's another funny edited uh, 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 part, man. <laughs> oh man! Forget, forget you, cuz. His name was Rodney. Yeah, show us. Local thug Rodney. <laughs> yeah, local thug Rodney, baby. But what you was about to say, the, the edited part? Oh man, I forgot. Oh no, yeah, he was just like, forget you, cuz. <laughs> Classic. Classic. And what was his friend's name? The, uh, the bald, light skinned dude. Oh, uh, 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 sweet. What is it? Sweet Pea? What was it? P, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sweet Pea. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to keep doing something, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, and that was another thing, too. It was like, I always thought Omar Gooden was a lame before that movie. And, and John he did a lot of he did a lot of Nickelodeon stuff before that. Yeah, yeah. But John Singleton, man, he he said, man, he put he must have put a pistol to his head, man. It's like, man, you gonna you gonna act like a thug in this movie, and you gonna do a good job at it. He's like, okay, all right. And I, he pulled it off, man. He pulled it off. It took me a while to get adjusted to him playing a thug role, but hey, he pulled it off. Nah, man, he 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 was he was he was probably the, the best actor in the movie. I would say. Oh yeah. Oh, hands down, hands down. Big time, big time. Uh, poetic justice. Can't can't say enough about poetic justice. I, actually, poetic justice, in my opinion, that was the that was the movie that made me want to grow waves, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I bought a brush. 
I was brushing like crazy. No waves was coming in that boy. Yep, back when Janet was fine, man. Oh, and shout out to Q-Tip. Q-Tip was in that movie. Yeah, Q-Tip was in that movie. The guy's name, I think, was Chicago. <laughs> so what? Yeah. <laughs> and then it was here's another edited scene. I saw this, I saw this on TV. Remember <laughs> he got to remember Tupac got to a fight with his boss, with his manager, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Tupac walked off. <laughs> he was like, get out of here, basketball playing. Uh <laughs> wait, what he said? He said something about because he said uh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Get out of, get out of here! You basketball playing blankety blanks, and <laughs> they they covered it up with get out of here! You hockey playing. <laughs> what? What? I got, I must have missed that part. I, I, yeah, I, 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 you know what? I haven't seen Poetic Justice since like 1997, probably. So yeah, it, it's an oldie. It's an oldie. I mean. But yeah, yeah, it was it was a good one, man. It was a good one. It actually got nominated for a Golden uh, Globe. Um, Janet, Janet Jackson had got nominated for original song. So mm. yeah, uh, that was a pretty pretty dope, pretty dope movie. Um, I don't remember too much from Rosewood. Did you? Oh yeah, yeah. Rosewood is burned in my memory. Oh man, I know it was, it was touching on slavery. Well, not so much slavery. It was, it just was. It was set in the Jim Crow era, like post-slavery. But mm-hmm. the name of the town, of course, it was Rosewood. It was, it was basically like Black Wall Street before Black Wall Street. Oh, okay. And okay. Um, it was. I'm oversimplifying it, but like historically, it was, it was, a, it was a uh, economically like booming like township, and they were surrounded by poor white people. They didn't like mm. that. Wow. And, you know, there were other factors that led to it. You know, people claiming this person looked at a white woman or touched a white woman and stuff like that. And right. long story short, like, like, um, long story short, uh, they burned the town down, killed a bunch of people, like killed like 50 people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now it's coming back to me. Yeah, but you know I what? Remember- you know what? Read the Wikipedia article about Rosewood because... When you read the Wikipedia article, it gives you so much more insight as to what actually happened. Um, very, very just tragic and cruel um, example of racism. And, and uh, there's just an early indicator of, of why certain communities to this day aren't allowed to flourish. Mm. Wow. I might look into that. You know, I hate those. I hate those, you know, pro-black uh, uh, intellectuals. Oh, we need to be like the Jews. The Jews got this, and the Jews got that, and they look out for each other. It's like we we tried that. We tried that. Like you, you don't know this because you don't probably read a lot, but yeah, yeah, we tried that, and it didn't turn out too well for us. So, you know, it's 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 sometimes it's bigger than like oh, we can't just get it together. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna get off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> no man, no man, preach. Uh, also, I mean, I, another thing that people might have forgotten about. He also directed a 30 for 30 movie based off Marion Jones, which was really, really good. Uh, it oh, was called okay. I Never Did Press Pause. Okay, I never did see that. It's good, man. It, yeah, you got to check it out. It talks about yeah, Marion Jones just basically gives her experience about when she was locked up after all the medals were 
confiscated and you know she got caught lying and all that other stuff and she just basically talked about her experience while she was locked up and john singleton is like interviewing her throughout the documentary it's it's really good man it's, it's nice how he he put that together and it made it made you kind of it, it made you feel sorry for marion jones because she you know, that's another story for another you do a whole podcast off marion jones story but it was just like man <laughs> it, it was pretty deep man it was one of the most underrated 30 for 30s made that people that, that people forget about oh wow yeah it was really good man and it, it didn't focus on her he didn't he wanted to really dig into her story about what she went through after all of the uh, after all the glory so the so the documentary don't really go through oh she won all of these medals and she raised this and she did that and she was a phenom and all that and all that like John Singleton can go straight to the the, the grit you know and it, it's really good <clears throat> but uh with that said man Hollywood lost a good one man yeah 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 he will be missed his work will be missed yes sir yes sir all right so I did also mention that this is a music discussion as well and man I'm so mad that I don't man I'm four episodes into season four and we should have talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but Illmatic's 25th anniversary. Uh, Ian, you talked about it a little bit on on um, vibes and stuff. Yep, yep. And I, I just wanted to get your thoughts. I wanted to bring your vibes and stuff knowledge to the music table discussion on Illmatic. Uh, some of the how did Illmatic impact your hip hop life? Oh man, it's it's that's an album. Of course, I was man, I was only like ten when it came out. So like, I remember hearing a radio single here and there, but like at the time, like Nas wasn't he wasn't a big radio artist, especially with his first album. The second album, yeah, but that first mm-hmm. album, like, I definitely got on. I was probably in eighth grade or freshman by the time I actually got around to hearing Illmatic. But it's mm-hmm. it's one of those albums where it's just it's 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 a super trim, super tight raw east coast hip-hop essential album it's, it's essentialist um you know personally I, I wouldn't put it in my top 10 for you know personal favorite hip-hop albums but that's just me but a lot of cats especially those a little older than me would would most definitely do that um you know it's definitely a top 50 album possibly top 25 in my book um it's it's, it's what i call essential listening man it, it's it's up there with the Ready to Dies and the Equiminize and the Low End Theories and the, the Chronics and uh, you know the the, the, the Enter the Thirty Six Chambers. You know what I mean? It's it's right. essential listening and it's 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 only ten tracks long, really nine if you take out the intro. And it, it doesn't it doesn't linger long enough to get whacked. It's just like it's just bars over dope beats, man. Just bars over dope beats. Like it's 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 a great album. It doesn't take that long to get through. Um, so anyone who has not checked checked it out, check it out. And it's a, it's aged extremely well. Like it doesn't sound yeah. like it's, it's twenty five years old. It sounds like it's from the nineties, but it doesn't sound like it's twenty five years old. It still sound new. It still sound fresh. Especially whose world is this? Like, uh, I mean, the world is yours. Like that, you know. That still to me is one of the most timeless hip hop recordings ever made. Um, it, it was just. <laughs> It was a staple. This this album is definitely a staple in hip hop. I I agree with you, Ian. I'll tell my little my story about Illmatic. 
I, honestly, I didn't really listen to Illmatic till after I got out of high school. Oh, wow. I, I was a huge Nas hater at one point in high school. What? And many people were, yeah, dude. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Uh, the reason why was because I was at a period of time in high school where I was strictly about artists who wasn't getting the shine, that wasn't getting the attention. You could put Nas in that category, but I had a friend that was a huge Nas fan. His name was Marlon, and he he thought Nas was the greatest rapper to ever live. And I'm sitting there looking at this dude like, man, I'm trying to get him to listen to other artists. And he's like, man, they ain't better than Nas and this, that, and the other. And they used to make me mad. And I'm like, man, dude, like, dude, you're missing out, man. Stop. Get off one artist, man. Start listening to all this other hip hop that's out here. You know, you're missing out. And I was always growing up in high school. It was during the whole Biggie, Tupac, East Coast, West Coast stuff. And I was kind of like, man, skip, skip Biggie, skip Tupac. I, I don't even care about them. Listen to this Red Man. Listen to this Wu-Tang. Listen to Busta Rhymes. Listen to Tribe Players. That, that's where I was. I was like one of those cats that was in the middle. Where I had my circle of friends that we were all doing the same thing. And that's what really introduced me to underground hip hop. Um, we would always uh, go down on State Street to Crow's Nest, look at albums, hit hit up, uh, you know, vinyls and stuff like that, go to rock records. Like, I was, like, submerged into the deeper side of hip-hop. I wasn't into the mainstream. So, Nas, I was kind of like, I, you know, I felt like, you know, my, my, my brother was a big Nas fan at the time when It Was Written came out. And If I Rule the World was definitely still one of my favorite joints by Nas. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, but I really never gave the album a chance because <laughs> Nas never had that, that oomph, you know, for me. Like, to be like, oh man, let me go listen, put, pop in some Nas. Let me go pop in and see what this is all about. Always felt like it was, a, his flow was a tad bit boring back then. And so, I would say when I got to barber college and I, I just said, you know what? I had some downtime. I actually went to High Park. I went to um, I went to Dr. Wax and they had Illmatic for like $3. Oh, wow. That's a steal. $3, bro. I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead, you know, listen to this Nas. And I'm, I'm two years removed from high school. I got to hear Marlon's mouth. Let me just really listen to it, see how good this really is. And I listened to it, and I was like, man, it's good. This, this, this is tight. You know, I was liking it. And then I also, I said, you know what? Let me go buy It Was Written. So I bought It Was Written. I bought that from Dr. Wax for like seven bucks, eight bucks. I loved It Was Written. I loved it. I was blown away by it. Now, now did you like It Was Written more than Illmatic? I did at the time. I did too. I did too. I did at the time. I did at the time. I didn't come to appreciate Illmatic until after I got married. I watched. I was watching um, a documentary on MTV about Nas's career, and they before they played that documentary, they were just they were just playing all of his videos. So they started off with Illmatic all the way up until I Am, all that stuff. So they played Illmat all the Illmatic's videos. And I, that was my first time ever watching Illmatic's videos. I, I finally saw Whose World Is This? I mean, uh, The World Is Yours. 
I finally saw the world is yours. I finally saw the halftime video. I finally saw the ain't hard to tell video. And I'm like, I was sitting here like, man, I think I was so caught up in hate, trying to hate on it because Marley used to pump it up so much instead of just giving it his just due. And it made me go back, listen to the Illmatic, and eventually, <laughs> I still was fighting. Until a couple of, I, I, I remember we were talking about this on your podcast, and you had mentioned you felt the same way, but you would actually listen to it again. And I, you know what I did in after that episode? I cracked open the Illmatic again, and I listened <laughs> to it, and I and now I'm convinced. It took, dude, it took 20-something years for me to finally be convinced that this Illmatic was is stomping on it was ready and I, I wouldn't say stomping on but it is better it is better. Yeah, man it's the it's decidedly arguably better yeah um, but but it was written as a very underappreciated album I still it is it is it is and and i don't care what anybody says illmatic is better than reasonable doubt oh hands down i reasonable about reasonable doubt took elements from Illmatic, and, and, and a lot of people will try to argue. Oh, well, Jay's first album is better than Nas's first album. Like, no, on what planet? Like, no, like, well, you, we listening to the same albums. Like, like, no, 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 no. Not, not. And then too, on top of that, the Nas it wasn't heavy on features, and if there was features, they were, you know, it was like Az, right? Like nobody knew about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, AZ, Pete Rock sung the chorus to um, The World Is Yours. Q-Tip sung the chorus to Once Love, One Love. I mean, that was pretty much it. it was, the rest is all him. The rest was all him. You know, Jay-Z had, you know, Jay-Z had Foxy Brown. He had Biggie. He had um, all those other guys that was in his Rockefeller clique, Memphis Bleak. You know, eh, eh. Illmatic was better. <laughs> Illmatic was better than Reasonable Doubt. Hands down. There's no argument in my book. But and it's shorter. And it's shorter. You don't get tired yeah. of it. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Where, where, now would you put it in like top ten hip hop albums of all time? I would I, I would have to go top twenty in my book. Okay. I'm going okay. top twenty. I, I can't go top ten because it didn't affect me like that. It took some it took twenty some years for it for it to Call me crazy. I'm sure everybody's going crazy, probably listening to this podcast, listening to me telling the story about Illmatic, but I'm sorry. Illmatic touches people in different ways. It didn't touch me until late. So I can't sit here and, and front like, you know, you got all these young cats, man, that wasn't even born when the album came out and sitting here talking about it's the greatest album of all time. Like, what? <laughs> Bro, you I mean, around. I mean, if. If, if y'all people want to give it as just do, I'm not going to argue with them if they, if, they, if they didn't press them like that. There is a very small minority of, of kids out there in their late teens, early 20s, who who are reaching back to old classic hip-hop, Wu-Tang, Mobby, Tribe, Bela, and they do appreciate it. Um, so if they, you know, I don't got a problem with them, you know, calling it the best album ever. It, it's it's a lot worse albums they can choose. You know, it's not it's not a top no, five list, but, but, um, you know, it's it's just other albums that I will put above it, like the Black Star album, like the Fuji's the score, yes, um, like you know Midnight Marauders, yes, um, um, and I, Thirty Six Chambers, Wu Tang Forever, like 
Uh, uh, black on, yeah, black on both sides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, yeah, man. Shout out to that album. Happy 25th anniversary, man. Yeah, big time. And also, if you haven't checked this out, check out the Mass Appeal channel on YouTube. They actually did. They actually interviewed Large Professor, Les, DJ Premier, Pete Rock, basically talking about how they, you know basically came up with concepts for the album when it was uh, made. They also talked to Danny Clinch, who made the artwork for the album cover of Nas, um, Illmatic. He actually did all the photography, that picture of him as a little boy with the with the um, city of Brooklyn. That's all Danny Clinch. And, you know, DJ uh, MC Search actually had referred Danny Clinch and Danny Clinch actually got his photography career started with Nas and um, they also interviewed Faith Newman who signed him to Columbia Records and also they interviewed Miss Info who originally gave uh, Illmatic the Source magazine and she talked about how she finally got a chance to meet him it, it, it's, it's really deep really good and it also mentions they also released the, um, the he did this last year but you can, it's, it's available on Spotify I don't know if it's available on other music platforms but the orchestra version the orchestrated version of Illmatic is also available if you haven't checked that out it is monster it's really oh, good absolutely absolutely and real quick the um the, the cover it was inspired by a jazz album by uh, the Howard Hangar Trio um, shoot, man, I forgot the name of the album. Um, but it's a little girl. It's, it's like a little girl stand, like her face superimposed in front of a like a slum, slum looking neighborhood. Mm. Um, man, I can't think of the name of that album. Um, What's the name of the artist though? The Howard, the Howard Hangar Trio. Oh, a child is born. A child is born. Okay. So check out that album art too. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. That sounds good. But yeah, we uh, also we got uh, another surprise for you guys at our music table discussion. We're gonna break down Pete Rock. I mentioned Pete Rock. Uh, lately, we've been picking producers, giving up our top uh, produced beats by these producers. We did Mad Lib, we did Jay Dilla, we've done Night Wonder, and now it's Pete Rock's turn. And Pete Rock just dropped a new album if you haven't checked that out it is really good um <clears throat> it's called return of the sp 1200 if you haven't checked that out please feel free to do so but me and Ian big pete rock fans and uh it's I don't know fire got- it's fire yeah man <laughs> it's fire dude i I'm loving it. I'm loving it. He even sampled some 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 like water for chocolate in there. It's, it's really good, man. It's really good. Uh, but I got my I got my list together, man. I, I, it was hard for me to just come up with ten. I I do same here, dude. I, I got fifteen again. <laughs> dude, I got <laughs> I got like twenty. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But I'm gonna let you get started, man, because you might take. I'm, I'm I'm probably gonna have to scratch off some that you might pick already. Okay, okay. So, man, first of all, I just want to say I think Pete Rock is the goat producer. Whoa. Yes, I said. Please I explain. Said, I said it. Consistency and longevity. 
he defined, he crafted the jazzy boom bap sound, period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were others who contributed to it, but they do not predate him. I know Q Tip did, DJ Premier did, but like P Rock was putting stuff together back in like 86, 87. Mm-hmm. Okay. He he crafted the whole that whole soulful boom bap sound that we still hear today. Like he was the architect of that. And he stayed consistent. Whereas like the Rizzas and the and the primos of the world, they they went through their little slumps, you know, here and there. But but whatever. I'm gonna get to this list. So I got I got whew, uh, I got fifteen, I guess. Okay. I really you got any honorable men. You got any honorable mentions? I do. Okay, so my two honorable mentions. One is is the track he did for the I and I album um, called Square I One. About that album, Square One. Yes, I love that track. Square One, and then uh, al- uh, uh, a track he did from Soul Survivor uh, called The Game, featuring Ghostface and who else was on there? I think Prodigy was on there. Yeah, yeah, I remember that track too. That's yeah. a dope track. All right, so at number fifteen, man, I got. Situation featuring Ed OG. Mm. Uh, great, great, just jazzy, just hard hit. It's like it's the track is so hard hitting, but so, the drums are so so hard, but it's so elegant with the piano sample and it's do it's like getting punched in the face with uh, someone wearing a satin glove, man. Like <laughs> just just soulful. All right, next one at number fourteen, I got a little soul. It's the very first track on the first Peach Instrumentals album. Okay, um, I like that one. Just, just it's just dope. Just great, great freestyle uh, uh, beat. The next one, number thirteen, excellent freestyle beat. Worldwide from um, okay. from uh, uh, the main ingredient. Worldwide is, is underrated. Next one is uh, uh, at twelve. I got Heaven and Earth. Heaven and Earth is the first track of Peach Instrumentals two. I got that one. Oh, I crossed that one out. <laughs> All right, so we got Heaven and Earth in at number eleven, also from Peach Instrumentals too. I got Accelerate. Okay, okay. That's Accelerate is dope. Um, and then at number ten, another one from Peach Instrumentals too, called I Wish. I Wish is dope too. I Wish is, is definitely dope. At number nine, I got the track he did for Nas. We talked about it. The world is yours. On uh, okay. number eight, I have. Oh, Got to put that on there. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, number eight, I have the best secret from uh, New York's finest. Mm. Just, just great track. Number seven, I got. Got about that album. Number too. seven, I got Caramel City from the Main Ingredient. Okay, I got to scratch that one out. <laughs> I got number six. I got Center of Attention from um, the I and I album. Okay. Number five. Where's five? Uh, oh, number five, all the places. Also, okay. also from main ingredient. Number four, one in a million. Um, mm. One in a million was just dope, man. One in a million. That those dope, dope, that 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 saxophone. Uh, way he yeah. did that. Number three, I got take you there. Um, take you there is a good one. Take you there was almost number one. It was almost number one. Oh wow! But number two, I have "It's on You," which is a, a very slept-on track by Pete Rock. I forgot all about "It's on You." Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's from what album was that off of? I believe it's on the Main Ingredient. 
I believe. Okay. But don't quote me. I'm going to look that, I'm gonna have to look that one back up. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. And then, of course, the number one, man, I got Troy. I got they reminisce over you. I had to put that at number one because last night on my podcast, the, 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 the crew was so disrespectful <laughs> to this track. I'm so mad I missed that. They, they so for my greatest 90s part. single bracket, they voted for Naughty by Nature's OPP over Troy. Oh, such a, a such blasphemy. Such like, blasphemy. What is wrong with y'all? Like, what y'all smoking? Oh. So I had to put Troy at number oh, one. Goodness. I had to put Troy at number one, but that's my 15. Okay. All right. I had Troy on my list, too. I scratched that out. I don't have mine's ranked, but I, I, I'm going to just lay them all out, man. I'm going to just lay them all out. Uh, I got True Master. Mm. And, uh, the beginning sequence with the with the Brett James Brown. That, that was sick. That was sick. Um, and the video was dope, too, with them on the um, racetrack. It, it, it was pretty dope. Next, I got The Game from the Soul Survivor album. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and True Master was from the Soul Survivor. All of these are going to be from the Soul Survivor. A few of these are going to be from the Soul Survivor album. Number one, Soul Brother. I love that track. Also, Strange Fruit. Mm-hmm. Featuring, let's see, I'm, I'm looking that up. Strange Fruit. Yes. Uh, Capadonna, Sticky, Fing- Sticky Fingers had a ill verse on that track. Oh my God, man. He killed that. But yeah, strange fruit, and it don't sound like a typical P rock beat. It almost sounds kind of Wu Tangish, but mind blowing. Featuring Vinny Mojica, love that track. Good one. Uh, Take your time, which was a lot, a lot, a real smooth track that he did. Um, <laughs> it was really nice. It's actually you got a video for that song if you haven't checked it out. Check it out. Something funky from the instrumental album. Mm. Okay. Interesting thing about something funky. I actually made. I actually wrote a song, which is now popular amongst witnesses. I performed it at my open mics that I used to do back in the day. And the name of the song was called "Ill Vibe Verse," and that was the beat behind that song. Oh snap! Uh, yeah, uh, that that beat inspired me to write that song, and I even used one of. I even quoted a few things from Pete Rock's Soul Brother Number One song to open up the song. You know, and it was pretty dope. It was pretty dope. It's a hit. Every time I perform it, people love it. And up next, Pete's Jazz off the Peace for Mental album, Get Involved, Walk On By, and uh, Wait. Uh, what you're waiting for that, that and wait what you're waiting for is a good one as well just so you got get involved yeah walk on yeah. by and and then what's the other one uh oh i almost forgot take the take the train take the train and then what you waiting for those are all oh, what you're waiting for is dope yeah yeah what you're waiting for is dope yeah and it's actually got a they flip he flips it to another beat uh, at the end that's pretty that's only like two seconds and I'm still mad if he rocks for that for doing it like that um No Tears from the Soul Survivor 2 album and 1MC1 DJ from the Soul Survivor 2 album and then Air Smooth I think that's from 
that's from main ingredient, right? No, Air Smooth no, was from Surviving Elements. From Surviving, Surviving Elements, yeah, Surviving Elements, yeah. Uh, the Creator is my next, my next track. I love The Creator. I Gotta Love, and then In The House. And uh, those, I think, are all from the main ingredient. In The House, okay, okay. Yeah, In The House samples that, that Tribe Called Quest um, verse from the abstract, which is pretty dope. All right, so you named like 18 songs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey man, you might be right about P Rock being the GOAT. These are the most songs I ever named. We did done we did done four producers so far, man. And man, P Rock was the hardest one, man. I really Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm gonna try my best to find the instrumental versions of all of these. So what uh, we can definitely post them. And if you don't, do. I got some backups. Okay, okay. All right, for sure. <laughs> Probably something off the new album. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that track, I love that track, The Dreamer, and that track, Cool Jazz. Yeah. Oh, bro, bro, I got Cool Jazz on repeat right now, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. This this was a really this is a nice treat from Pete Rock, man. I I didn't expect this one, man. This was nice. So yeah, it was, man. It was right on time too, man. Because I, I hadn't really been hearing nothing good coming out. Yeah, I. You know what, Troy? When Troy came out, uh, I remember we had illegal cable back in '92, and <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching Rap City and on BET and Troy, Troy, and and we got the jazz. Those could play back to back, and those end up becoming two of my most. Uh, my favorite videos of all time and, and Troy was just one of my favorite sort of hip hop songs of all time just I, I, I'm still flabbergasted that it lost in the first round in your tournament but dude I was pissed I was pissed I'm like what is wrong but you know what that was before you and Reggie chimed in because both y'all like objected to that like yeah and I'm like the whole their whole argument was like oh they play at basketball games it's like okay so <laughs> So the popularity is what got it on the bracket. But what I want y'all to vote on is which one you think is the better song. Right. Yeah, and and, and Troy is clearly the better song. Clearly the better song. <laughs> hey man, you can't tell them Negroes that. No, nah, no. Nah. Anyway, but uh <laughs> <laughs> Troy was a great song dedicated to one of the dancers from Heavy D uh and the boys that uh died fatally. Um, that that for, for a little history on that. So, man, that was a great, great song. And Pete Rock's a great producer. He's been a part of some of the greatest projects in hip hop history. If you haven't listened to his discography, please take some time out your day to listen to some Pete Rock. If you got a driving job, man, dude, download his his music, man, and just let it ride, dude, while you're dropping off cans of beer to, you know. Whole Foods or something like whatever. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever you do for your occupation, man. Just, you need some. You got time on your hands, man. Put probably in some Pete Rock, dude. If you cooking some crack and you got a little time to wait, yeah, bump, bump some Pete Rock, some Pete Jack. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that ends our music table discussion, man. We about to get into some awards now, man. Let's do it with the you played yourself award. Did you got do you got an award? 
Uh, played yourself, played yourself. I actually do not have you played yourself. Okay, okay. Um, I I got I got one for Chris Paul. You played yourself. All that taunting that you was doing to the refs during the regular season, all that stuff that you was doing in the background, it's coming back to bite you in the butt because these refs ain't looking out for you, bruh. They ain't looking out for you in the playoffs. Stop flopping. Stop following your boys' footsteps. Shoot your threes like you, like you did when you was with the New Orleans Hornets. You know what I mean? Like you did when you was the L.A. Clippers. I don't know where you're getting this old kicking your feet up in the air where every time you shoot a three, you try to get a foul from. Uh, well, we know it's from James Harden. But, like, man, Chris, just play the game, dude. Just play the game. Everybody claim that, they, that y'all won, that y'all lost to the Warriors. You got to prove people right. Everybody's on your ship. Chris Chris Paul has been one of the most heavily criticized players next to LeBron James. I don't, I don't think he gets I don't think he gets criticized enough, honestly. I think he's the player that gets the most passes, if anything. I think it's kind of both. I think people give him a pass because of the teams he played with in the past, but then people are hard on him because they feel like, oh, why does he get away with so much? Why, why don't nobody criticize him? He's never been past the con- He's never been to the conference finals up until last year, and you know he's not all that great. Why is everybody buzzing about Chris Paul? So, and and that everybody's saying, you know, even the media and you know, on, on ESPN and you know, you know Fox Sports One, all these other sports shows saying, oh, the Warriors wouldn't have beaten the Houston Rockets if Chris Paul would have played in Game Seven. Hey, we'll, well, see. we'll see. It's time for him to prove they point because we'll if see. he if they don't if they don't win, then that 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 take, that makes that point irrelevant because even if he would have played last year, it wouldn't matter. I, I I was one of those that was on board seeing that it, it wouldn't have mattered. But anyway, that's his oldest. Who who you spraying this cologne on, man? Man, I gotta give it to um. <laughs> well, you 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 kind of already gave it to Drake, but I gotta give it to Kyrie Irving, man. Not not for basketball reasons, man. But you, <laughs> But dude, man, dude, get a haircut, dude. <laughs> he walking around here. He walking around here sloppy and slovenly. He looks shaggy, man. Dude, get you a find you a bar. They ain't got no barbers in Boston. Nah, man, ain't no barbers in Boston, man. Man, dude, they need, he need to figure something out. He look bad, dude. He look bad. Yeah, he don't even get a line. He ain't even getting it lined up. <laughs> he's just letting it grow. He, he got the microphone. He got the microphone head, man. Like, like <laughs> testing one two face. Let like, like, <laughs> your mess up, dude. Like, <laughs> oh man, I don't want. I don't want to see you on the TV right now because you look. You look. <laughs> you look unpresentable, dude. You think that's hot in the streets? It's not hot, dude. Oh man, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Hey man, I, I'm I'm going with James Harden, but I can't top that one, man. I, I got James Harden. I already explained why I'm giving him the Essence of Oldest Award. Um, James, just stop flopping, man. Cut all that fluffy stuff out, man. Just just play ball. Cut the fluff and play ball, man. But in the meantime, take take a spray of this cologne, man. Nobody come to see you. Uh, up next, we got the Cuddy Award. Yes, yes. I got to give the Cuddy Award to Steve Kerr for that interview after game one. Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. He <laughs> he called out the Rockets and he even did a flop himself. He like grabbed one of the reporters next to him and like, like he was <laughs> falling all over him. And he's like, 
should have been a foul. <laughs> and and then went in on his dissertation about flopping and how players can be deceptive and uh, they don't need they need to stop counting on the refs. Mm. Wow, I didn't see none of that. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Yeah, man, he straight clowned him. He straight clowned him. Oh, shouts out to Steve Kerr. I don't have a Cuddy Award this week, but man, that's a that's a good that's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, last but not least, um, it's a shame what happened to Flip Award. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got quite a few of them that I'm going to be giving out. Uh, it's a shame what happened to the Spurs. Mm. The way I, I don't know if you saw the way that game ended against the Nuggets. I did. I did. They were supposed to foul. They were supposed to foul. Greg Popovich is screaming at the top of his lungs at his players to foul. They did not foul. And Murray almost hit that three. It rattled in and out. But by that time, I mean, the game was over and the Spurs eliminated um, out of the first round for the second time under Greg Popovich. It's a shame what happened to the Spurs, man. I had them winning it seven, man. And, you know, they came, they came up short. So, Hey, yeah, I actually had is. I actually had Denver in seven. Um, mm-hmm. I did have Denver in seven. Yeah, man, it's a shame what happened to Flip. It's a shame what happened <laughs> to the Spurs, man. Q crossroads, Q crossroads for Lamarcus Aldridge and the Spurs, man. We're also going to cue the crossroads for another team. It's a shame what happened to the Clippers, man. <laughs> Hey, they, they knew they was going out. They went out They went out fighting. They went out fighting. Yeah. But you know what they tried to do, though? They trying to do some slick. They trying to be on some slick. Okay, D, man, he, he's unstoppable. We tried everything, man. We we did we, we did all we could, man. I'm like, okay, 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 Pat. Okay, Lou, I see what y'all trying to do. I see y'all trying to promote KD to come over to the Clippers. I see what y'all trying to do, man. Yeah, man, that was the interview right there. That was the interview for KD. Yeah, that sure was. That sure was. So, we'll see. We'll see how that end up. But uh, it's a shame what happened to to, to the Clippers, man. So, hey, real quick, um, real quick. For that, right, too. Real quick, before we go, man, I just want to highlight, I was listening to some old episodes, man, the other night. Not the other night, the other morning, man. I, you know, I had one of them Sunday mornings to myself. You know, so so I was I was, I was was checking some old episodes, man. I was, you know, man, I, I want to co-worker to stop texting me. And, uh, man, dude, we was, we was, we was dead wrong on our pick for the uh, Western and Eastern Conference, man. We was, huh? I do. We both had the Lakers in there. I had I had them as a four seed. You had them as a three seed. I did. <laughs> Guilty as charged. You also had the Maver- You had the Mavericks making the, the playoffs, and you yes. had the you had the Portland Trail. I had the Portland not making the playoffs. You did. You did. You had Portland oh, not making. Wow. Wow. And and the reason why was because, like I said, Portland didn't really make no moves over the off season. So I'm like. You know, and I'm looking at all these other moves that that teams in the Western Conference is making, and and the, and the way Portland went out, you know, last the, you know against the Pelicans, I was really like not believing in Portland. Not necessarily Damian Lillard, but just Portland in general. I didn't think they were building a team to, to you know make them succeed. And I I, I even mentioned it like in, in, probably not in that episode, but with Damian Lillard might 
possibly be leaving and being frustrated with the organization because of not making moves to make their team better. So, you know, it's what it is, man. Yeah. Hey, Eastern <laughs> Conference, man. Cut. Eastern Conference, man, I, I was all jacked up. I had the top three seeds right, but everything after that was jacked up. Um, I had. The, I don't think um, we had Brooklyn in there. We didn't. None of us had Brooklyn in there. I had Miami making it. I had. I had Detroit as the five seed. Wow. Um. What else? I know I had the Bulls in mind. Yeah, you had the Bulls, man. You were. You were. <laughs> you were so hopeful. You were so hopeful. <laughs> man, they shot at my hopes two games in. You know. Um. Yeah, I don't know what you were smoking when you when you when you picked the Bulls to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was like I the playoffs, Ronnie, not the lottery. Like, <laughs> man, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll do better next time. We'll do better, better next time. I hope so. <laughs> but that was a, that was that was a cool cool little uh, reference to go back to. That's funny. That is hilarious. I gotta go back and listen to that episode. But real quick, I want to in this too. I almost forgot, man. My CEO, dog. So. So my CEO brought up brought us something during his talk, and uh, he mentioned hip hop. He, he mentioned rap. You know, he's like, you know, who in here, who listens, you know, who listens to rap? And uh, this brother, you know, one of our fellow elders, he 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 shook his head emphatically, he was like, no, no, I don't listen to that. <laughs> yeah. And he called him out. He's like, oh, oh, brother, such and such. Oh, you don't listen. Wait, Rodney, you cut off. What'd you say? Uh, what, what was the last thing you heard? You said brother shook his head and then the CO said what? The CO said, oh, I see brother right there. He's shaking his head. Brother such and such shaking his head. Yep. Emphatically. No, he don't listen to rap, right? He was like, but but but, but check out this scene. He said, you, you're driving down. You, 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 you're driving down the street. You got your windows rolled down and you go to a red light. And then somebody pulls up. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, I'm sitting there like, hey, brother, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he started beatboxing on stage. It was, it was dope with it. I'm sitting there Word? like, hey, yeah. And <laughs> he said, hey, you might do something. If you don't really, if you don't really rock, like, like the music, you, you know, you might roll your windows up or you might keep your windows rolled down, turn your music up. But, you know, no matter where you go, you're going to hear it. And he was like, and, and, and he was like, all of it ain't bad, but you know, there, there, there's some good. He's like, yeah, he said there was some, there's some good rap out there, you know, but all of it, you know, some of it is not bad. But you gotta pick and choose what you, what's good and what's bad. And I'm sitting there like, finally, finally, finally. This brother's been saying what I've been saying for the last 25 years. Man, I, I wish he was my CEO, man. Oh. My, my CEO has actually been quiet. My last couple CEOs have been quiet on the issue of hip-hop music and rap music. Um, but I don't care. I don't care who you are. If you were born after the year 1970, there's at least one rap song, one rap artist, one rap group that you like. Yep. It's, it's been around too long for people our age to be acting like they don't they never listen to it or they they don't like it it's the music of the entire generation i don't care who you are if you were born after 1970 yep there's some hip-hop you like yep this this hip-hop that my 
like. I mean, if you like Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Duff, Summertime, it's a rap song. You listen to it. Like, <laughs> you can't categorize one genre and say this genre is bad. All genres mean a bad to them. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to close the show by, 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 by mentioning by mentioning that man I really appreciated that coming from Osio and you know I, I I knew you would appreciate this I I, I for those who you know live, man, I text in <laughs> in all caps bro <laughs> it was beatboxing and everything that's what's up man that's what's up that's what... <laughs> I can hey, I, yeah. I can rock with that CEO right there man. hey man hey hey circuit night come to circuit 19 bro you, you. <laughs> Be all good, man. You'll be all good. Hey, come, come to Circuit we'll 19. Probably, we'll, you could probably, yeah. Hey, you could probably have them uh, come in on the podcast. <laughs> anybody, <laughs> anybody who wanna who wanna serve and be an elder and not have to worry about the CEO, all in your music collection. Good. <laughs> come to Circuit 19. Come to Circuit 19. <laughs> Hey, real quick, real quick, before I let you go, man, I got, got to run in and do some stuff for work. I want to give a fizz face to this jerk joint, man. My wife, we, we do we do Uber Eats every so often, and we saw, they, they, our Uber app kept recommending this place called Church 48. Have you heard of it? No, I never heard of it. Okay, so I'm like, I, I was trying to see if Park Island was on there, my, my, my joint, but they weren't on there. So my wife was like, oh, let's check out Jerk 48, you know. The fee is only 49 cents. They said they'll deliver within 20 minutes. Let's, let's check them out. And I'm like, uh, I ain't never heard of this place. Ain't no, they ain't got no cosign or nothing. But whatever, I'm, I'm hungry. So about 45 minutes later, fool comes due. It was the worst jerk I ever had in my life. Woo! It was That's called wrong, Jerk man. 48, man. From you. It was, it was dry. It was so dry. The seasoning was dispersed in the chicken unevenly. Oh my god, it was it was the worst. It was the worst. The plantain were all rubbery. That's no, it's nothing worse than having bad jerk chicken. And it's so expensive too. That's the other thing. It's like man, I didn't pay fifteen dollars for some nasty chicken and sides. Like, man, mm. anybody out there heard of jerk forty eight, stay away from that joint. Ooh, man. Woo, that's bad company. That that that's bad company. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. <laughs> Cool, man. I, I'm so mad. I had a, a cultural or regional question, but I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to wait until the next show because I forgot all about it. But uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. So, um, but that's it, man. Appreciate you in. Some time out today to do this podcast. I ain't have to be at this table by myself yelling at a microphone. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Check out vibes and stuff. Uh, big bracket coming up. Would you like to plug that real quick? Oh, yes, yes. We are in the middle. We got through the first round of our bracket. On uh, I still haven't posted the episode, but be on the lookout for it. We're doing the, the dopest '90s singles, strictly going with radio okay. singles. We got halfway through it, man. It was some heartbreakers, but for the most part, we got some got some quality tracks left over. We'll be voting on. We went from sixty-four songs to thirty-two, so you know we're gonna be we're gonna be uh, 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 dropping that soon, and then uh, there'll be a follow-up episode with a part two. Yes, sir. So be be on the lookout for that. 
uh, check out Vibes stuff. I also feature on that episode, so Magnificent Vibes is fully represented. Also, check out my boy, uh, his co-host, Jamil. Uh, he also has a separate podcast, news from the back of the class, talking about comic books, talking about Avengers, all that stuff. Check out his, too. Big shout out to Jamil. Absolutely. Yeah. With that said, I got to go pay some bills, so I'll see y'all on the next one. All right. Check out these beats. Yes, sir, 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 sir.
Sensitive. No, I don't mess with him. Do it again. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> don't you want to weigh in on this? No, I don't want to weigh in. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Shaq. Yeah. You know what I'm telling you. Sensitive. No, I ain't sensitive. I'm going to knock you out. I'm telling you right now. Play them if you want to. Supposed to be one, two, three, not one, two, back to one. Tell me. Do it again, Chuck.